Hi, I'm George Tekmanshov with a special edition of the Eastern Target Archery Podcast. Today, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and the International Olympic Committee agreed that the upcoming Tokyo Games will be held by the summer of 2021. That means no 2020 Summer Olympics. Originally scheduled to kick off in Japan's capital on July 24th, there has been mounting pressure for the organizers to either postpone or even cancel the Games due to the ongoing pandemic of the novel coronavirus, which the WHO has warned is accelerating at the time of this recording. Abe told reporters in Tokyo that he proposes to postpone for about a year, and the IOC's president, Thomas Bach, has responded with, quote, 100% agreement. Abe had pushed hard for Tokyo's selection as the host city, and Bach both agreed that the games must be rescheduled to a date beyond 2020, but not later than the summer of 2021. That's according to a joint statement from the IOC and the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee. To say that this is a bombshell, to say that this is unprecedented, would be to understate matters. We talked today with the CEO of USA Archery, Rod Menzer, about all that's implied by this enormous change. Rod, this must have been as big a bombshell in some ways, and in other ways maybe not a huge surprise as it is for uh, for a lot of our listeners. Um, this is unprecedented. I think that's a good word because you know it implies yeah. that this is something that's never happened before, which is certainly the case. There's Correct. never been a postponement. There's been cancellations because of war, right. but never right. a postponement before. So we're in new territory, aren't we? Yes, we are. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, we we all had a good idea of, of what was probably coming down. Um, the USOPC has done a great job in um, having regular calls. Uh, every other day we have a call uh, around uh, COVID-19, all the issues, uh, the concerns, um, and of course they update us on all the events and um, of course talking about um, all the conversations that they've been having with the uh, IOC and that's you know to be honest George it's something that people don't recognize Um, you know you'll see athletes um, out there or potentially either other other NGBs that'll be in a sense kind of criticizing or going public like nobody's doing anything and they need to be pressuring and everything but but there's so many details and you know this because you've been to Japan, you've seen all the things that they've done there. And there are so many details in trying to cancel or postpone an event. You know, what do you do? And, and, you know, um, just trying to reschedule. So it's, it, you know, they're working through those and the USOPC was in regular conversations. And in some cases, you know, they were hard conversations with the IOC and literally saying, Hey, you know, this is something that needs to be done, you know? Um, but they weren't going out there and publicly doing it because they didn't, you know, they, they could work through with the IOC in a relationship that they had. Um, so they've been doing a, a great job of representing the NGBs and the athletes and the well-being of the athletes. Um, but not all of that is always public. Yeah. And, and so, so they get criticized for it. Um, you know, no different than, to be honest, I mean, we had some people that were criticizing us because in the very beginning when, when things started closing down that we hadn't canceled the Arizona Cup. And, and what people don't realize is the Arizona Cup is not our event to cancel. Right. It's not up it's to USA Archery. Event, but it's, it's not up to us. But we were working with them and looking at dates and trying to find times and uh, to where we could reschedule it. And we wanted to do it, you know, all at one time. 
instead of saying one thing and then having to come back later and changing dates and stuff. And we had still, you know, three weeks or so before the event, it really wasn't going to change a heck of a lot. So, you know, we, we were, we were doing that and, and we were eventually able to put out an announcement in conjunction with them of of the, of a cancellation, but there's so many things going on in the background and everybody's businesses and lives. And, 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 you know, it's, it's something that we just need to be patient and, and wait as we try and figure things out. It's it's uh, difficult times. This cloud could have a big silver lining because honestly, who is focused on training right now at a time like this? I mean, as much as they should be. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Even if they are training, um, you know, fortunately, there's quite a few archers that are, you know, suburban or rural, and they can just step out the backyard and they could shoot practice. And, and some of our elite shooters in, in the United States, um, you know, are in the resident athlete program. And, and in Chula Vista, the center is closed to non-residents. I mean, you guys, is their home, literally. Um, and they're able to just, you know, leave the dorms and go and shoot there. But they're the only ones on the grounds. And then they've done things to space the targets out further and, and to, to stay for, you know, social distancing, um, amongst each other, you know, they're doing all the things that they need to do. The, the, um, center has literally moved the cafeteria people onto the ground so that they're not leaving. Um, so they're actually living there now. And, you know, but they, even last night, they made some more changes where they're only doing takeout now at the, you know, for, for the cafeteria for the athletes. So, you know, it's hard even though you're able to train, it's hard to stay focused. And so much of how you perform is what's going on in your head in the background, right? Yeah, that's exactly um, what I was driving at, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like when, you, when you're worried about family, you're worried about finances, you're worried about all of these things and just the general concern of, of everything that's going on, it's just, it's almost impossible to truly focus and train properly. Yeah. Um, it's he- hard to do anything. Yeah, and you know, you know I, I used to be an RA. I used to be an RA in Chula Vista, and and yeah. I can tell you, you feel like you're in a bubble at that time, right? Correct. Because you're kind of Correct. isolated from, and and probably yeah. less so now than when I was there. But you know, the reality yeah. is the nobody's isolated right now. I mean, yes, we're talking about social isolation, biological isolation, right, right. but yeah. nobody's isolated from the news or from the reality of what this thing has done. Just from the standpoint of stuff like travel or just mm-hmm. the normalcy and. We won't yes. have that for some time, even if this thing burns itself out, even if this virus burns itself out, it'll be a while before air travel gets back to normal, before yes. you can just pick up the phone and call Delta and book a ticket to Hanita Airport. Yeah, it'll take them at least, the reports that I've seen, at least 30 days to try and get their planes and schedules and crews and things in the right places right. And, and literally come back to normal. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, no Delta literally has taken its big jets and deposited them at the Pima, uh, you know, uh, air park in near yeah. Marana, Arizona, you know, that, that famous yeah. boneyard in the desert, because right. that's the perfect right. place to store an airplane. Well, you yeah. don't just take one out of storage and buff the windows and no. put it back into service. <laughs> You've got a bunch of stuff to do. So, yes, yes, but let's reel this in. I, I, yep. I think that, you know, since we're talking to the CEO of USA Archery, we can focus on some USA-related stuff. And that is mm-hmm. two things. The specifics of our Olympic trials, which I, I'm sure I'm up, are up in the air right now. Yes. And then the specifics of our top athletes and how they're going to try to deal with this. So mm-hmm. let's start with the trials process. Talk us through sure. where we are right now in terms of that trials selection process. Well, we had made some changes that... Um, 
the USOPC was reviewing, we had talked to the athletes, um, both on the para and able-bodied um, side um, with the trials, uh, because again, we had to postpone and move some towards the um, events or, or closer to events that were later in the summer or midsummer. Um, so we had done that and, and changed all the documents that are required. And the USOPC was um, looking at that in the last little bit here. But of course, now that's all changed with announcements today. Sure. Um, you know, so we had um, done some things around the trials already um, in, in moving, you know, the third and fourth all around SoCal uh, for the able bodied. And, and then, of course, Para, um, you know, everything was was towards that, you know, mid June timeframe, um, is what we were able to kind of talk to the athletes and everybody kind of agreed, you know, we just need to postpone things as far as possible. Now with this going on, I, you know, we're going to have to, um, get with the athletes again, and we really want their opinions, um, on this and, and try and find the best, the best way to do it. You know, para their trials haven't started yet. So it's really easy for us to literally go back to the original plan that we had for the para trials and probably resurface that, you know, bring that back out. And that'll be the deal for next year and literally determine who our team is going to be at that time. Able-bodied, as you know, is halfway through their trials. They've already gone through stage one and stage two, and we've cut down to 16 men and 16 women. So for them, I think it would not be fair to those athletes that have literally made that top 16 to start trials all over again. You know, so I do believe what we're looking at um, is continuing on with the current athletes. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, possibilities there. Um, you know, the, the easiest one, the one that seems to make the most sense to me, and again, we're going to talk to the athletes and get their opinion on it, but we've already talked to the USOPC, and, and they believe that this is probably the best uh, move, too, and that would be to take our Stage 3 and 4 trials and how we had those scheduled for this year and just move them into next year. Right. Um, and, and, and continue on um, with just those athletes. So we're not going to open it all up again and start from scratch. But what we would do is continue on with stage three and stage four next year with those current athletes. Now looking um, at, looking at that as a, as an opportunity. Yes. Do you think the fact, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this is a fact, but I'm, I'm going to yep. presume that we're going to see Berlin possibly adjusted as well, which of course was yeah. the last big final Correct. qualifying tournament. Yes. Looking at the scores of some of the American shooters right now, mm-hmm. would you agree that a little more time might be a good thing from the standpoint of preparation? Yeah, for, for some of them, uh, no question. I mean, I see some. I mean, there's there's some shooters. Um, we got, Especially on a women's side, we got a lot of young shooters, right? Right, right, right. Even, even McKenzie, um, who is, uh, you know, a veteran shooter, she's young and she's she's been shooting great um as have all of our women um you know casey too has been shooting wonderful but to be honest one more year um for some of them means they're going to be even better um than they are today absolutely and, and that is fantastic for them so you know in, in a sense it's it's like okay it, it's disappointing because everything you've done mentally is to prepare yourself for the olympics for this year and now you've got to retool yourself and get yourself on board for doing it again next year. Um, but then just, you know, focus and, and get back to it. 
Uh, on the men's side, uh, quite honestly, you know, looking at the scores that the RA program has been putting out with Jack Williams and Brady's been training there and, and Zach Garrett and, and Matt Nofel and I mean, they have been shooting fantastic. I mean, really good. And, it, it and is, a few shooters is, outside I, the program have been doing pretty well too, yes, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so everybody's been doing their best to train and get ready, and and I think that those guys are, you know, they were really, um, you know, kind of peaking, and so you know they'll they'll just kind of retool. But again, most of them are young, or at least half of them. Let's, and let's... so they only have the the opportunity really to get better. And and <clears> some <throat> of our veterans. To be honest, I mean Brady. You look at you look at Brady. There's only been a few archers in the world that I can think of that have has sustained excellence as long as he has. Sure. So while he's been peaking this year, I mean he's been shooting. I mean world records and world championships, and and he is ready for the Olympics, right? I don't think he's going to drop off at all. I mean I think if anything, you know. He just he just may improve a little bit more and and um, you know again I they have to look at it that way and they have to take it that way and drive themselves to next year now it's just no other choice yeah and I tend to agree I think you're you're looking at a situation particularly when we're talking about Brady who is you know I mean for all intents and purposes he's kind of our bird in hand he's the guy who earned the slot which doesn't mean he gets yes. it. Correct. but you know he's been consistently head and shoulders above most of the rest of the pack you know he obviously. Has- yeah. You know, some of our guys like Jack have had moments of brilliance and, and generally have mm-hmm. been, you know, their curve has been moving up and up and up. But, I mean, you know, looking at this objectively right now, if, if you had to pick somebody to go represent the United States in Tokyo right now because you couldn't have a trials or whatever and you yeah. had to make a selection, I think yes. the answer is kind of obvious. Yeah, no question. So, I mean, and he's leading the trials as it is right now. Yes. Um, and, and again, he... Yes, Brady is a class amongst himself. However, and again, that's like not I to said, take anything away from the other guys, Tom and, no, and, and, and Jack. They and, are exactly, and, and I mean Matt Nofel and Jack and yeah. and all of them. I mean Joseph Scarborough, a young man who's just, I mean, he, the last couple of USATs last year, he was pushing Brady to, I mean, right there. Um, you know, so we've got talent and we've got some really good depth there. And now I think it'll only be better um, next year. Sure. So. On both on the men's and women's side, we right. will be better next year. Um, even though, you know, again, I wish I wish we could have done it this year, but unfortunately, circumstances just don't allow it. And and it's and I'm really happy that the thought. I mean, this is costing billions of dollars, right? Yes, uh, we all know that. But Trill- trillions of yen and, and billions of dollars. C- correct. The, but the most important thing and everything that they were looking at was athlete safety, yes. and that is the the first and foremost thing that we all need to be paying attention well, to Here's today. the thing, Rod. You know, I mean, you look at it from a certain point of view. I, you, you talked earlier, you alluded to how some federations and some NGBs were doing things in public while things were actually happening in private in Lausanne. And, you know, it kind of left a little bit of a vacuum of visibility for a while there. Any of us involved mm-hmm. in the movement recognized that IOC was like a duck. You know, yes, calm and serene yes. on the surface, but under the water, things were churning oh and yes. have been for, for weeks. And so yeah, it's a little, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, when you see certain federations like Australia and Canada kind of make this big verbal, you know, public yeah. thing, it's honestly, I don't think it was necessary. I agree with you. And I it honestly was not don't necessary. feel like it. 
it was not necessary for USA Swimming and USA Track and Field either. You know, you know I, I, I yeah. honestly believe that. However, I get it, and and you know that that's fine, and the USOPC gets it, and that's fine. Um, but we're all in this together, and we need to, you know, we need to keep keep working. But but you're absolutely correct. What people don't realize is the logistics of holding an Olympic Games. I mean, just the athletes' village alone, right? I mean, those are condominiums that yeah. were built and sold for people to actually take ownership of. I, I understand, like October. Or correct. Something like that That's this right. Year. October so, of this year, and you know, and housing so is not a, still, it's not a small deal in Tokyo. You no, know. No. Exactly. So, so now they've they're going to have to go to all of those families, or they're going to have to figure out something else. So, so there's so many logistics in in a delay. Yeah, the and potential a delay of one year. The potential for them to have to actually physically build another athlete village is one of the things yeah. being floated. I mean, think of the logistics involved. Correct, so you correct. know, or maybe maybe they just need to you know take a bunch of cruise ships and park them in the uh, in the harbor. They were and already that is an athlete's village. They were already know? planning on some of that. You know, like they have at yeah. many other Olympic yeah. Games. They did that in Rio. They did that in Barcelona. Sure, it's amazing. Anyways, uh, the the logistics are incredible, and when you look. I, I would not want to be in their shoes. No. And, and you're absolutely right. It wasn't being done in a silo, and just because things were quiet doesn't mean that they were being ignored and they were turning a blind eye to everything. Um, they were working on all of these details and trying to, you know, trying to literally be able to come out and say something that made sense. Because until you figure out some of those details, you don't know if you have to cancel or or can you actually postpone it. Yeah. And so they worked through it to where now they believe they can postpone it and and make it work and so they were able to put that announcement out and and so you know we just all have to be patient and it's hard to be patient when i mean the olympics are the number one sporting event in the world i mean they just are um not nothing else comes close broadcast everything um it you know yeah on every level it's on every level you know, so it, it having an event like that and, and having to make these tr- changes and choices, uh, it's a very difficult thing. Yeah. And and that, that is the thing I, I think, um, you know, uh, again, I think they did the right thing. I, I really believe they did it for the right reasons, um, even though there was, like you said, billions and billions of dollars at stake. You have a somewhat smaller budget at stake in the USA archery. Yes. Yes. But there is a budget to consider here. Uh, this Absolutely. is going to stretch things a little bit on certain levels, I suppose, because yes. I mean, there's there's well, you know there's funding that's supposed to come from the games being staged and you know payments yes. from NBC to USOPC yeah. and all yeah. that kind of thing, um, and IOC of course, and all that trickles yep. down and eventually it ends up in the budget of USA Archery. Correct. So right now, that's a to be determined of what is our budget going to be. Um, next year in particular, we already, you know, this whole thing is causing us issues with our budget this year. Um, you know, because we're not seeing, of course, when you hold, you're not holding events, that's revenue loss right. potentially, right? Right. There's if, a share of revenue not, that all yeah, the use out of events. Know, it, coaching certifications. Um, I mean, you just. No, the whole everything. nine yards. Memberships, yeah, everything. You know, people. If there's no events going on, people are like, "Well, why do I need to renew my membership right now?" You know, but but those are important things. And fortunately, we're we're in a, a okay position. Um, you know, with uh, you know some reserves that were put in there for just this type of thing, emergency. Um, but 
some of those reserves are in the stock market, right? In, right. in endowment funds with the USOPC. So, you know, that we all know what has happened. Um, so, yeah, financially, it's very difficult. It's hard to talk to sponsors right now, right, sure. um, to continue on with that. It's hard to talk to anybody for donations and things. It's just really difficult. And I would say, you know, be conscious of that with all of the organizations that are out there. We, we still have to try and do business. And if we're calling, you know, um, if we're calling your company and we're asking if you're interested in sponsoring USA Archery, we're not being insensitive to everything that's going on today. You know, we're just, we, we have no choice. It's our survival. It's no different for, you know, National Wild Turkey Foundation. I was just seeing a video they put out um, and talking about this. This is literally their fundraising, like, peak um, just before the season starts sure. for turkeys, and and that that is causing them huge problems because of fundraising, and and we you know I just like to say to our members and to the public out there, don't forget your NGBs. We are not government financed. We are nonprofits. We put together teams and we train athletes to represent the United States. And your donations and your your support is how we make that happen. So don't forget us um, is, I, I guess, uh, a little piece I'd like to throw in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit about our, our, our two stars right now, um, yes. Brady and Casey. Yes. I mean, you and I have both been, you know, um, high-level shooters as well. So I mm-hmm. think we, we can mm-hmm. relate to this. But for our listeners, um, I, I know you talked to Rob Coffold. And yes. um, what, what are the thoughts there for Casey? Well, Casey, it, you know, continues to develop and get stronger. Um, she's works on her, she, you know, and, and we can talk Casey, but right now, I mean, international camp, Mackenzie ended up beating Casey at the sure. event, sure. you know, right? So, so they're right there. But, but the the big difference I think that you, that you see amongst our elite athletes is how much they prepare themselves all around. Brady and, um, you know. Casey, as well as McKenzie, are doing just as much mental as or more mental preparation and practice. And so much, so many of our, you know, as athletes, it's so much easier to just actually go out and do the activity, right? To shoot about. Um, but the mental game is where your strength comes from that allows you to shoot your bow under that pressure. Yeah. And and they are literally they're working out. They're eating right. They're doing all their mental practices. They're doing the physical practice of shooting arrows. They're they're complete rounded athletes. And Casey just continues to get better and better and better. Um, she's incredibly, you know, self-driven. Um, you know, it, it's as Rob always comments that there's times when he has to tell her to stop shooting and, and you know and come in, come in the house kind yep, of thing. I've heard that directly. Yeah, you know, and, and it's and it's you can't teach that kind of drive. No, okay, no, you can't, and then that's that's the beauty of it, you know. And, and Brady is doing such a great job and getting himself again physically fit, and and I mean he is so strong. His shoulders, oh my gosh, the guy is just he's a beast. He's become a tank again, Absolutely. you know, just so strong. Yeah, um, and it's really doing him wonders. Yeah. Um, as far as just uh, again um, helping him, and you saw it in his performances this year. So, I mean, there and and you know the greatest thing about it is just the quality of the people that they are. I mean, they. 
it's a PR. It it's a PR person's dream to have athletes it, like it, that. It is. It is. But for our sport, I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, this is this is you know, you bear with me on this, but I think it's one of the greatest stories. Is and but this is what all of our athletes do. Whether it's compound or recurve, they all do the same thing. So after Brady won um, in uh, Moscow, okay, the grand he, final of the World Cup. Correct. Yeah. He literally went out there and there's this huge crowd of people wanting autographs, right? And he was over there and he was going to sign autographs until everybody got and take pictures with everybody until they got it done. You know, until till literally everybody got what they wanted. However, he had to go into anti-doping, right? And they wouldn't let him more than five minutes he you know otherwise he was going to be in violation so you know when he was arguing with them like hey these people are important this is you know i need to be here right now and they're like no no you got to come and you got to come now or it'll be a failed test and he's like oh so he told everybody he's like hey i will be back i went with brady he did all his drug testing and it was about hour and a half later and it was dark and he we came walking out and he went right back over to that general area and there was a crowd of people there, and Waiting they all started him. chanting his name. Yeah, right. In Russia. And, and, in Russia. And, yes, in These Russia, are Russians. These Moscow. are Russians. <laughs> correct. Correct. And Brady went over there, and we, you know, everybody's tired. You know, it's like we all had to go to the bathroom, and all that was closed. You know, but he went over there, and he signed every single autograph, and took every single picture for every single person that was there. And then we tried to find a bus to get us back to the hotel, right? And, and but but it was so important for him, you know, to to literally give back that little bit of literally saying, "Hey, yes, I would love to have a picture with you," and "Yes, I'm happy to sign this for you," you know. And and when you see that, it's heartwarming. There was there was a great little article of a young lady that literally drove 13 hours to see her star, her idol, Brady Ellison. And I just happened to take a picture of her when Brady was signing her, the autograph. She wanted to get a picture, but there were so many people there. She made a comment later the next day that there were so many people she wasn't able to get a picture. But I actually got a picture of her looking up at Brady as Brady was signing her, um, her program. And the look in her eyes was just like, you know, wow, Brady. And she's right there standing in front of him. Yeah. And I took that picture. I sent it to Sarah. Sarah posted it on social media. She saw it. And then she woke up in the morning when she had driven all the way back home, again, in Russia. Sure. Um, saw that picture and it meant everything to her. Sure. And she posted on, on, oh my gosh, I wanted a picture so bad with him. And then I saw this. Um, but that's the type of thing that people like Brady literally generate well, for our sport. You know, you look you know, at because they're just such quality people. And Casey's the same way. Mackenzie's the same way. Rio, all of them, they give all of their time to the people at these events. And I think it's fantastic. And, and it, it makes me really proud of all our USA athletes. 
It's utterly genuine is what it is. And, oh, you know, it is. I saw the it same is. thing in Vegas, you know, after Brady was shooting that he shot the 300 and people were coming up and congratulating him and he took time for all of them in spite of the fact that in the back of his mind he's going, heck, I've got to do it again. And yeah. then he yeah. shot the 600 and the same thing. And then he shot the 900, <laughs> same thing. He was so, yeah. so generous with his, with his time and his attention to people. And you, you yeah, can't and, teach and, that. And, and, that's yeah, genuine. It, it's not. Yeah, it's not like he's complaining. Oh, geez, I gotta go sign. He literally, he respects that. I think know? he feeds and, and off it, of that that positive energy. I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I would. I think it's such an honor for having anybody to ever ask for an autograph from you. You know, I think it's such an honor, and and I think he he truly. <clears throat> Um, appreciates that and i think our athletes do overall and and, and you can see it I mean, they will have a performance and literally um you know where they're not happy right they didn't shoot well or they lost their match or whatever and it's, then then somebody comes up to them and says hey I'm and, and and it's literally their attitude changes instantly as soon as somebody asks them for an attitude or a picture they're like oh yeah sure no problem and they're just they just genuinely are happy that they did. And then, you know, they'll sign to get the picture and they may turn away and they're walking away and all of a sudden you see in their face again, like, Oh, I'm so disappointed. I didn't, I didn't win or I didn't perform, you know, but, but they are genuinely yep. just, just such <clears throat> awesome people. It's yes. Fun. Because that ability to, to put aside your personal issues Correct. is a sign Correct. of selflessness that, that is, is so good to see. And it's some of our, some of our <sighs> top performers, people like, it's what makes this sport great. Absolutely. You know, well, look, we're in a we're in another time of uncertainty. Forget about, you know, the stuff yeah. that everybody is worried about right now. If we yeah. talk back about the Olympic Games, we are mm-hmm. just in the start of a new journey here for Tokyo. Yes. On a certain level, um I I feel I feel a lot of sympathy for my friends in the Olympic movement in Japan right now who are now faced with the task of you know, uh, basically a reset button has been pushed on some levels. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, staff and yes. people's plans and their lives and everything else. I know it's incredibly selfish or, or narrow-minded perhaps to talk about it in the context of the bigger picture of what's happening. But, you know, that's we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the games. And the bottom line is, you know, this is going to be, there's going to be things happening in the next few weeks and months that we haven't anticipated yet you know, Correct. details and, and it's, you know, suppose you've got tickets, you know, the, the terms, right. Right. the terms of yeah. this thing. Hotel rooms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. you know, flights, all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. All yeah. of that will get resolved at the yes. end of the day. Right now, as we record this in late March, we're in a dark time in, in, in the world, but we mm-hmm. have a light at the end of the tunnel. Thomas Bach, the IOC president, put it pretty well. That light is the Olympic flame. Correct. And, and at least we know that flame is still burning, and it's going to burn, and it's going to be lit again in 2021. It's going to stay in Japan. It's going to stay lit through the time. You know, it's arrived from Greece already in Tokyo, and they will have a torch run, and they will have an Olympic Games, and it's going to be what we want it to be. It's going to be an Correct. event It's not canceled, thank goodness. And I think that's the biggest positive thing that I've heard in a long time. I agree completely. Um, Very well said. I mean, it is, the Olympics is what we do and it 
the stories that come out of every single Olympic Games, whether it's the summer or winter, um, the the way it actually does change people's lives, right? And people get inspired to do different things um, as they watch the Olympic Games, and you see, you hear those stories all the time. Um, that flame means so much to the world. Um, there's a reason why so many countries participate. There's a reason why people stay at home watching the Olympics and can't get enough Olympics. Uh, I know in my household ever, you know, forever, it's like when the Olympics are on, um, there is nothing else going on. <laughs> I mean, I will skip everything I can to watch the Olympic games because it is just such an amazing thing. And, and I'm so grateful that that flame is going to be bright next year in Tokyo. I mean, I, I look at fall is usually a time when everybody kind of gets a break, right? It's, it's between the outdoor season, the indoor season. It is the one time of the year where everybody usually gets a break and they get to recharge their batteries. Um, they get to spend some time with their families and do some other things besides tournament, 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 and all the stuff that's going on. Well, we're kind of getting that right now, aren't we? Yeah, we kind of are, except we're not able to do all, you know, we're all stressed over all of this. Um, so we're not necessarily being able to recharge as, as well as we'd like, but I think it's important that we try to do the best we can to recharge. Um, because all of these events, right, we've postponed events till the, till late summer, or into the fall um all the other archery organizations are doing the same world archery everybody is postponing and moving things to the fall so now you're looking at hopefully come mid-june or maybe mid-may if we're lucky but i don't think that's going to be the case we'll have to see um but events are going to be like on top of each other and there's going to be so many events all fall and going right into December and straight into indoor season with zero break. Lots of opportunities. Exactly. Lots of opportunities to compete, to, to, um, you know, to, to win, you know, it's, it's going to be great, but at the same time, it's going to be a stressful time because people are going to be going all over the place. And unfortunately quite a few of the events may lay on top of each other. So we share archers with other organizations, whether it's ASA or the NFAA or sure. IBO or, or the World Archery events. And, and so we all got to just do the best we can. I mean, not trying to lay things on top of each other, um, but everything's going to get grouped and there's going to be more changes coming. I guarantee you, we all just need to kind of roll with them. And as soon as we know those changes, we're going to communicate them out there to everybody. But the calendar... If, if you saw the master calendar that I'm looking at and all the X's through the events and all yeah. the different things that are going on and where things are being moved, it is unbelievable. Um, sure. So it, it changes the entire thought process of an archer, though, and especially professional archers. You know, they, you know, this is the time where they're usually making money. Um, you know, the summer is, is a time when they make money and then they take a break and, and do things and then they get back into indoor. But this time it's going to be one really, really long year of events starting late summer, going all the way basically through until the fall of next year after the Olympic Games. Well, you know, the beauty so of a... there will be no break next year. That is for sure. The beauty of an individual sport like ours, though, it really lends itself to social distancing. 
<laughs> it does. No question. And it, it does. And, and it's been, you know, it's been difficult on, uh, you look at our industry, right? Who's buying bows right now? Right. The, a lot of pro shops are closed or they're unable to, to have their leagues that are going on. That, that's usually just coming around the finish and their, their bust up parties and the things that they do for their customers. You know, those are canceled because, again, gatherings of 10 or more or, you know, there are some ranges that may be open, but they're having to stagger who can come in and who can practice so that they do have the social distancing. And this is impacting so many different lives and our industry overall and you know all i can say is once we get running it's going to be fast and furious um i think you know but in the meantime it's really difficult for everybody but you know everybody just needs to stay healthy stay safe um be patient and do what the experts are telling us to do um the faster we get through this because we do what they're telling them you know, telling us to do, the better off we're all going to be and the mo- the quicker we're going to be able to get on with our normal lives, right? Um, and then that's really the, the big thing. Absolutely. And I appreciate it, Rod. Rod Benzer, CEO of USA Archery, I want to thank you for joining us on the Easton Target Podcast. My pleasure, George.